Hello and welcome to the Road Trip Sports Podcast. My name is Harrison Crook, and this week I'm joined by two very special guests. I'm joined by Darcy Barlow and Greg Steele Mills, both teammates of mine at Sydney University. Very excited to have them on. They're coming on very shortly, but first, we've got to hit all the plugs for this week. Make sure you follow us on all of our socials. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Road Trip Sports Pod. Uh, any inquiries you've got, if you'd like to get in touch with the podcast, if you'd like to get on the podcast yourself, we would love to have you. Road Trip Sports Podcast at gmail.com is the best place to reach us, or you can slide into any of our DMs. This episode, like all of our episodes, are sponsored by Major Sports Collectibles Australia, your number one shop. For any collectibles, any merchandise, if you want it, jerseys, helmets, whatever you want signed, reach out to them. They will provide it for you. Now, this is another episode of our Civil War series. We're so excited and it's been such a pleasure to have so many great guests uh, reach out to come onto the podcast. But we are still looking for more voices to round out our Civil War series. So... If you're interested in coming on the podcast, we would love to hear from you. We would love to hear from you providing your thoughts about your favorite team, providing your in-depth knowledge and providing your passion. That's the thing we love most about doing this Civil War series. So if you're passionate about your NFL team, make sure to get in touch with us. Make sure to reach out because it's going to be a fantastic few weeks as we record more of our Civil War series. Anyway, that's it from me. Let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome back to the Road Trip Sports Podcast. And today I've got two very special guests, both hailing from the Sydney University American Football Club. First off, I've got Greg Steele Mills, star linebacker for the Lions. Greg, how are you? Yeah, good present yourself. Very well, very well. Great to have you on. A huge, huge Falcons fan. Um, And you're going to be up against today a very big Saints fan. We've got tight end for the Lions, Darcy Barlow. Darcy, how are you doing? Doing good, mate. How are you? Absolutely fantastic. Ready to talk all things NFC South. Now, before we get started, I feel like I should declare something to you all. Um, Now, I am a Dolphins fan through and through. However, my Dolphins tend to not make the playoffs a lot. And I've always been a big fan of Dubree. So I'll just declare off the top that I do have a certain affinity for the Saints as my playoff team. But I'm not going to let that colour my opinion and my thoughts today. I'm going to try and remain as unbiased as possible, even though the Falcons absolutely suck, Greg. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that one hurts. I uh, kind of blindsided you with that one, but... We will move on to our regular introduction. For those who haven't listened to the podcast before, anytime we get a new guest on, we like to talk about what makes them a sports fan and give you an idea of the full picture of their sports fandom. And because it's both of your first time, this is the first time we're going to get two people answering all of our questions at once. So we're going to do our best to get through it. Greg, will start us off. Who are your top three teams in any sport? Uh, I'm Atlanta through and through, um, so it'd have to be the Falcons, the Braves, and the Hawks. Very nice, very nice. And Darcy, how about you? Mate, I've got range, so I've got the Saints, obviously, uh, and then back came the Cronulla Sharks, and then back over the States again, we got the Washington Wizards in the NBA, very which nice. is a tough, very, a tough follow. Very eclectic uh, group of teams you've got there. What, what yeah. sort of caused you to um, become a fan of each of those teams? 
Uh, I've always been a Sharks fan growing up. And then uh, my brother actually lived over in New Orleans, played rugby for a bit and bought me home when I was a kid a uh, Drew Brees jersey. And since then, nice. that got me into the sport. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, that's that story. And then for the Wizards, I actually lived in DC for about six months on two different occasions. Um, yeah, wow. Never during a football season, always during the NBA. So, um, yeah, been plenty of Wizards games. Um, watch them win, watch them lose a lot. Um, but, yeah, we'll always, uh, always back them in. Absolutely. Uh, now, on this podcast, we like bashing our rivals just as much as we like supporting our favourites. So, with that being said, Greg, who is your top three rivals in any sport? Well, being an absolute massive Falcons fan, uh, hands down, it has to go to the Saints for being number one. Uh, yep. I don't think there's uh, too much of an explanation needed there as with my second pick, which is the Patriots. We all remember that Super Bowl. And uh, being a Braves fan, the New York Mets, I just love watching them get their ass handed to them. Absolutely. Yeah, three very, very understandable picks there um, with the Falcons and Braves history. Uh, Darcy, your top three rivals. I reckon everyone expect me to go uh, with the Falcons, but I've got to go with the Bucks. Can't stand them. Give me the shits every time I see that flag waving anywhere. Uh, and then uh, back home, the Dragons. Being a Sharks fan, it's only only natural. And then everyone loves to hate the Storm. Uh, they're, they're bringing up third place. As a, a big one this week, the Storm uh, with their celebrating their two strip titles. What are your thoughts? Burns me. Burns me deep. Uh, it's, but but it's just we, we stole the cup from them in 16, so we'll take it. <laughs> I think it's complete and utter ignorance on their part to think that no one would make anything from it. You saw Cam Smith come out earlier in the week and say, oh, like it's just doing it for our fans. It wasn't on TV, but it's like, come on. What are you, what are you talking about? You're playing against the Eels, one of the teams you rorted out of a, out of a grand final. Like, yeah. People are going to take notice. Uh, absolutely. I absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, just goes to show they don't care. Absolutely. Don't care at all. All right, next one, different cities visited. Now, you guys have travelled a bit uh, for your sport. What are some of the cities you've been to? We'll start with you, Craig. Uh, so the first one, uh, been to Amsterdam. So um, for those that don't know me, I'm actually half Dutch. Um, so yep. I've had one of my mum's cousins actually play for the Ajax football team. Um, so when I was oh, over there, I was 14, I went and watched a game. I think it was against uh, PSV Eindhoven. Um, yep. And on that same trip, I just remembered I went to Berlin to watch uh, Germany route the Brazilians 7-1 in the semi-final of that World Cup. And I was in no front of the Brandenburg Gate in front of about a quarter of a million spectators. That's unreal, yeah. That yeah, it was a very big night. <laughs> big night indeed. Um, so, yeah, what was the experience like going to a game at, uh, at Ajax? It was awesome. Yeah, the fans there are pretty crazy, to say the least. Um, but it's an awesome atmosphere. I mean, Amsterdam is an awesome city to be in, you know, especially when you, you go out, you have a few drinks with some of the locals and you go to the game and, yeah, the atmosphere is just next level. Yeah, for sure. That It's it's always something that's been on my bucket list is go to some European, uh, European football matches, something I haven't done yet and uh, really want to get over there and try to get it done. Uh, Darcy, what about you? What are some of the different cities you've uh, visited to watch sport? 
Uh, pretty. Other than I was pretty America heavy again. Uh, the Wizards. I've been to plenty of their games. Um, and then the Caps, who were there for the year, they won the Stanley Cup as well, which was pretty good. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, like I mean, how I started following the Wizards was when they were playing the Pelicans in 2017. They beat them with a minute to go. Um, and then they scored the last uh, last bucket and got up by one. So, um, yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good to see. They love their sport over there. That's for sure. Absolutely, they sure do. Um, we'll move on now to favourite sports game ever attended. Darcy, you alluded to that uh, Wizard uh, Pels game. Was that your favourite you've attended? That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Never. It will always be etched in my mind. Bought his jersey to commemorate it. Absolutely, um, yep. Greggy. What about you? Uh, so in I think it was two thousand five. Um, my local rugby union team that I was part of the Narrabeen Tigers. We got invited to play. And the halftime of a Wallabies versus Samoa uh, Union game in Sydney. And I think uh, the Wallabies ended up thrashing them something like 101 to zip. So um, getting to play in halftime in front of about 30,000, 40,000 people and then watch them win to nil was great. That's unreal, yeah. And our last question that we always ask, if you could travel to one sports city to watch a game, so you could travel anywhere you'd like, any event, whatever you'd like, where would it be and what would it be? Uh, we'll start with you, Greg. Has to be a Falcons Saints game. Uh, obviously, a Falcons home game would just be unreal. I mean, two great fan bases, two great teams, and such a a great history between each other. Um, I don't think anything would come close to that. Yeah, absolutely, Darcy. What about you, mate? I've gone with the Saints and Falcons, but uh, just one state over uh, would be better. Um, get into the Caesar Dome and watch them absolutely wreak havoc would be unreal. Absolutely. Um, now, I believe, Darcy, you're going over there uh, fairly soon? Yeah, I am. Yeah, in a couple of weeks, I'm heading over. Uh, first time I'll be in the States during a football season, and I'm struggling to make it work. Um, <laughs> I had my eye on the Bucks saints games on the second. It's a day after the wedding we're going to. Um, but, yeah. yeah, fingers crossed. We've got a couple of college ball games lined up, so I think we're going to see UCLA versus um, uh, Washington State, which would be pretty good. Um, but, yeah, just, just got to get the famed... Uh, yeah, can't miss it again. I've been there too many times and not seen one. Yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. All right, we'll move on now. We're going to get into our uh, division rivalry. We're going to get into Civil War NFC South. All right, kicking us off, we're going to be previewing the NFC South today. So, uh, we're going to start with best player in the division. Uh, and this is all 2023 stuff. So we, later we're going to have a chat about the historical side of things, which team's better overall. Uh, but all of the chat today is just about this season, about 2023. So we'll start off with best player. Greg, who is the best player in the NFC South this year? I think there's a lot of unknowns in the NFC South this year, but uh, one known thing is Alvin Kamara. As much as I hate to say it, he will play lights out this year. Mm, mm, yeah. He, he's a very electric player. Uh, Darcy, what are your yeah. thoughts? Yeah, got to back that one in all the way, mate. It's just every time he touches the ball, it's just fire. Uh, just got to keep him off the streets. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a pretty, uh, pretty fair call there. Um, who have you guys got as the best team? In the South. Who's the team that the division's running through? I'm trying not to be uh, too biased, but I have to think this is the Falcons' year. I think it's it's their shot to prove they're the best team and it's uh, their chance to also blow that. 
Uh, but yeah, the Falcons. Runs through the Falcons this year. Darcy, any objections? Everyone's going to think this is the worst debate ever, um, but I've also gone on the Falcons. Um, I just reckon they're, they're looking really good this year. What The, the talent they've acquired, all that. They're, yeah, they're going to be tough. Mm, definitely. Um, we'll start with you on the next one, Darcy. Who is going to have the best offense in the yeah, NFC South? Backing that in, I reckon the Falcons will, will pit the Sharks just. Just. Uh, I'm uh, being generous. Greggy, what about you? Yeah, I think the Falcons as well. I mean, we've got all the talent there. I think the only real unknown is that QB spot, but uh, I think we're going to have a great game manager that's going to feed us the rock. Who do you uh, who do you think is going to get that QB spot? Uh, it's Ridders. I definitely think it's Ridders. I mean, he showed enough in those last four games last year. You know, he might have only thrown two TDs, but no picks. It's yep. uh, you know, safe is what you need. To be able to hand it off to Robinson and Algier, and you know you got guys like uh, Pitt, um, as well as Drake London, and obviously Cordell Patterson. You know he's just got to make sure he keeps it out of the Saints players' hands, and uh, we'll be moving down. Absolutely. Have you seen the um, the quarterback TV show yet, Greg? No, I haven't. Um, I've had plenty Just of people. Started last night. Um, so as soon as uh, I get a bit of free time, I'll definitely be ripping into that. Definitely check it out because it's really interesting to watch. Um, to watch how Mariota's season went and all that situation. It was a very, very controversial, very interesting situation there. And it's interesting to hear his side of the story, which I feel like wasn't really told in the media. It was. It was a lot of bashing Mariota. It's interesting to hear the flip side to this and why he decided to, uh, for those who don't know, spoiler alert, I guess, um, he got uh, benched and decided to leave the team rather than um, stay on the bench and, and in that role. Um, but, yeah, that was, that's definitely a show to check out if you haven't already. Uh, best defense in the NFC South. What are our thoughts? Uh, we'll start with Darcy again. Uh, Saints, I've always been a Marshawn Lattimore fan. I just reckon he's everywhere, can't be beaten, and I don't think our D-line is just fire every time. Cam Jordan, just, yeah, good luck. He is absolutely, on his day, he is absolutely unblockable. Yeah. Uh, Greg, what about you? Uh, I'm going to have to go with the uh, the Falcons with a little bit of help from the Saints. I mean, the acquisitions we got this year, David Onyemata, Calais Campbell, you know, he chose uh, chose a team that's essentially building over money. Um, you got yeah. guys like AJ Terrell, who's on his island out there, picked up Jeff Okuda from Detroit, Richie Grant, Jesse Bates from Cincinnati. I mean, it's, yeah, could go on. I think the depth is really there for the Falcons this year. That's some big names. Even I didn't realize that they picked up that many names. Um, yeah, that's that's a real good haul from the, uh, from the Falcons there. We'll move on now then to best special teams. Uh, Greg, who's the best special team in the NFC South? I think it's the Saints. Um, as much as I love uh, Young Way Koo, I think uh, Lutz, you know, he's clutch. He's got the range. Um, and that special teams unit on the Saints is, it's, yeah, just unstoppable at times. So I've got to give them credit where it's due. Very nice. Very nice. I don't think I'll hear many, uh, many Saints compliments for you from you going forward. Uh, <laughs> Darcy. <laughs> Darcy, yeah, just the same. Yep. Yeah, go on the Saints. I've, I've been watching the preseason stuff, and Will Lutz is putting up some pretty good stats so far. So, um, yeah, I'll uh, I'll back my boys in there. Very nice. Um, best fantasy player this year. Who is going to be the guy that is must pick up? 
Who's the guy that's going <laughs> to uh, carry you to your fantasy title, get heaps of points each week? Uh, we'll start with Darcy. Who have you got? Uh, I've gone Chris Olave. I reckon, you know, breakout year last year. Um, I just reckon he's going to go on to bigger and better things this year. Um, arguably, we've got a better quarterback that's arrived that he's going to be receiving from. Um, and then mm. I reckon, yeah, we'll see who backs him up. And, uh, yeah, Olave. Yeah, it's, it, he's kind of got that number one role with uh, Thomas. He's sort of uncertain in in the uh, in the clubhouse at the moment. Olave's yeah, sort of taken yeah. that number one role, hey? Yeah, just took it and ran with it. Uh, had an absolute blinder. For sure. Uh, Greggy, who have you got as your best fantasy player in the division? Uh, I've got uh, Alvin Kamara. I think once he uh, returns from his three-game suspension, he's going to uh, run like he's a, a man possessed. Um, I think he's going to put up some great numbers this year, especially with a uh, new quarterback um, coming in. I think he's going to be looking to, uh, to find um, Kamara at any opportunity. Yeah, wow. I, I didn't even realise that they um, had come down with his suspension. Three games, I think that's pretty well what the Saints would have been expecting. I was hearing rumblings of two to four. Um, so three games is honestly pretty good for him. And especially as a back end, like you really, you just need to get to the playoffs. Once you're in the playoffs, anything can happen in fantasy. So Kamara is that guy who could crack off. Like we saw the Christmas Day game a few years ago where he won fantasy leagues for people because he cracked off six touchdowns against the Vikes. Um, yeah, he, he's that kind of X factor you need in the playoffs uh, for fantasy, which you'd know, Greg, because you won our fantasy competition last year, didn't you? I did indeed. And um, I dare say with uh, with Kamara, he's going to have uh, 17 games worth of juice to put into 14 games. So you'll definitely be running hard. Scary, scary. Um, he might not have to worry about playoffs too, so he can really run hard for those 14 games. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, next one is the who had the best draft this year out of all the NFC South? Um, now, I'm going to go with the Falcons, and that's not too much bias there. I mean, I think the Panthers traded away way too much to um, get that number one overall pick, uh, especially mm. for a quarterback that's, what, six foot and under? I think he's 5'11". Uh, picking up Bijan Robinson there at number eight is great. Uh, we added to the D line twice, the O line twice. I think I think we made great strides to strengthening up the run run game, whether it be stop or uh, run block. Um, but I think yeah, I think he's going to do well to, in this year. In answer to your question, uh, Bryce Young is five ten. There you go. Very even shorter than I thought. Very short quarterback um, as far as quarterbacks go. Um, what about you, Darcy? Uh, yeah, I've gone the same. Like, yeah, I just think they've had the, yeah, the run of the Saints haven't really had too much to jump up and down about since Olave. So, yeah, the Falcons have probably uh, had the best. Yeah, for sure. It's one of those things where if Bryce Young turns into a superstar and turns into what the value of that number one overall pick is, then maybe in five, ten years we're looking back and saying that the Panthers won this draft because they got their man, but. As it stands, the Falcons did a lot of good things to fill a lot of gaps. And then with that home run hit of Bijan Robinson, who was coveted by a lot of people coming into that draft, I think that the Falcons have done a pretty good job there. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on now, we've got the best coach. Who's the best coach in the NFC South? Uh, Darcy, we'll start with you. Uh, best coach? Um, yeah, I mean, I've just gone with Dennis Allen. Um, I'm excited to see what he can do. 
Um, yeah, and with Derek Carr there, yeah, let's see what the offense can unleash. Very good. Uh, Greg, who have you got? I've actually gone with uh, Tampa here and Todd Bowles. I mean, he's he's a great defensive coach. Um, he's been an excellent defensive coordinator. I know he's had a crack at the head coaching job before, which didn't work out too well, but I think uh, I think with what he's got to work with, I think he's going to have a, a great season. Well, it's what happens when you uh, stop running a useless franchise like the Jets and start running an actual football team. <laughs> no wonder a coach gets better when they're leaving New York. Um, I'm actually going to go a different spot. I think Frank Reich, as an out-and-out coach, is the best coach in the division, and I don't think that there's much of a debate about it. I think that he he basically led the Eagles to their Super Bowl. He did awesome in Indianapolis and was kind of a scapegoat there for their recent shortcomings, but it's not his fault. It's more the GM's fault that they keep trying to rehash veteran quarterbacks that aren't doing the job, but... Their defense was always solid. Their offense could still move the football, even with these aging veterans. I think Frank Reich is the best coach in the division, and I don't even think it's close. Interesting take. We'll move on now. The worst fan base. Who is the fan base that just gets stuck in your craw? We'll start with you, Greg. Oh, it has to be out now, the uh, the Buccaneers. I mean, if they weren't chirpy before Tom Brady, they certainly have been since. And <laughs> they're just uh, – it's it's almost as unbearable as the Florida heat. <laughs> Very fair. Um, Darcy, any, uh, yeah, any disagreements? Oh, no, I can't disagree with that. I, I really like his uh, attack on Tom Brady there. Um, I mean, can't dispute he is the GOAT, and that's why I hate him because he's broken my heart <laughs> too many times. It's yeah. funny how no. that all of a sudden the Bucks fans uh, started appearing when Tom Brady got there. It's almost like they didn't yeah. exist before. Eh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, sharp decline in uh, Patriots fans in Australia too, I think. <laughs> where where do those fans go though? They, like the Patriots <laughs> to Bucks. Tom Brady's retired. Do they go to Birmingham City or whatever um, English team he's bought? Like where do those I think they went to go? the Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, he all, Tom Brady almost went to the Dolphins himself. Um, <laughs> there's a reason we didn't have a first round pick this year. Bloody grinds my gears. Anyway, um, yeah, Tom Brady's still screwing the Dolphins when he's out of the division. Go figure. Um, who's the best fan base in the NFC South? Um, I'd have to go with the New Orleans Saints. I mean, Falcons fans, they've uh, they've had plenty of years sticking through it, but the Saints fans, they show up every game and they're just, you know, you, you can barely take a snap without false starting as, a, as an away team there because it's just so loud and they're so passionate. And uh, I think after Katrina, they, um, they really focused all their energy into uh, the Saints, so hats off to them. Absolutely. Uh, Darcy, what are your thoughts? Yeah, mate, the passion, like you said, it's just unrivaled and that just goes to show, like, I mean, I'm still here tr- scrambling trying to get home game tickets in New Orleans. It's that hard. Like, um, yeah. yeah, it's um, just, yeah, one-of-a-kind atmosphere. Yeah, I read the um, I read the Drew Brees autobiography and um, he said the way that the town just shuts down, like, if, if, if there's a football game on that week in town, like, restaurants close, places close, they'd... Like it's it's like that typical like high school football thing where everyone's got the close the <laughs> close to the game signs on their window. Like you don't see much like it than um, southern football. Um, great to see. Uh, who's our best rookie in the NFC South this year? Darcy, we'll start with you. Uh, yeah, I've gone beyond Robinson. Um, yeah, I have to go. Unfortunately. <laughs> 
He's going to run rough shot over the division. Greg, yep. Yeah, I have to double down on that. I mean, he's going to be running off, you know, second team all pro Chris Lindstrom all day, every day. Um, I mean, that offensive mm-hmm. line run by Arthur Smith, he knows how to run the ball. Just look at uh, Tennessee. So, yeah, he's going to go off this year. Absolutely. Um, best divisional game. Now, we're looking for not just a who plays who, but a specific game in the year, a specific week. Who have we got? Uh, I've gone with uh, Falcons at Saints in Week 18. Uh, now it's an away game for the Falcons, uh, but I can guarantee you this will determine playoffs. It's definitely going to determine the NFC South. Um, and there's a reason why they haven't set a, uh, a time for it because this game will probably get flexed to prime time, in my opinion. Yeah, especially if there's uh, divisional considerations. It could well be the d- division deciding game. Um, Darcy. Yeah, mate, exact, exactly the same game. Um, it sounds like it must be an echo in your headset, I think, Greg. But, um, yeah, you've said it to a T. Uh, like we just spoke about, that that home crowd, hopefully get us across the line. But I think you, you're right. It's going to have impl- implications on the uh, divisional standings, that's for sure. Definitely. Um, now, surprise pro bowler. So someone who is going to come out of the woodwork this year, maybe not the first choice to make the pro bowl, but who's that guy, that veteran player that, it's going to surprise everyone this year. Darcy, we'll start with you. I've gone Marshawn Lattimore. He's always been strong. I reckon he's, you know, he's arguably a top five cornerback, definitely within the top 10. Um, and I reckon this year he's just going to, yeah, get even better. Absolutely. Um, Greg, what about you? Um, I've gone with Cordero Patterson. I mean, you could definitely say it's a surprise. I think he's listed as number three. Uh, for running backs at the moment and the Falcons alone. Um, but we just lost our punt returner, so it looks like he might take on punt returning as well as his kick returning. I think he's he's surefire to either get in as a as a kick or punt returner this year. Mm, that's, that's a real good shout because I was um, behind the curtain. I can see what, what Greg has answered for that one, but I was doing it in my head, doing the maths going, B. John Robinson, right there. How is Patterson going to get the touches? <laughs> but you, you said it there. Keep returning, punt returning. I think that that's a real good shout uh, because Daryl Patterson. Uh, best rivalry in the division. Should we go past Falcon Saints? Is there any other options there or is that the clear winner? What do we Not think? worth watching, that's for sure. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I, All right. I, I, I have to agree. I would say Falcon Saints is just, it's it's too good. Mm, it just, it, it, it feels intense. Anytime I watch one of those games, it, you can feel that the players know how important it is to both of those cities. Um, we move on now to our final part of our preview. Before we get into our historical debate, uh, we move into our prediction for the NFC South. Greg, one, two, three, four, who are we going? Uh, I have to go with the Falcons to take it out, and I think it's going to be that round 18 win that gets us over the line um, against the Saints. I think they're going to come in a very close second. Again, I think record's probably going to be tied leading into that final game. Um, Do you reckon the, Panthers- the Saints are good enough? Sorry to cut you off. Do you reckon the Saints are going to be good enough to get that wild card spot, or do you reckon it's going to be another one of those situations recently where the South kind of has to fight for one playoff spot because they're all kind of eating each other? Now, normally I would say yes, uh, but I think you look at you know, divisions such as like the NFC East. I think yeah, you know, you've got two, maybe even three teams there that can vie for playoff spots. So. I think in all reality, it's going to come down to whoever wins the South is going to the playoffs. Absolutely. 
Um, so you've got Falcons one, Saints two, three and four to round us out. Uh, gone with the Pan- uh, the Panthers in third and uh, rounding off for the Bucks. I just don't think the Bucks have any real direction, especially on offense. Um, I mean, they've, they've got a great defense, don't get me wrong, but uh, I don't think they're going to score the points to to go anywhere but the uh, the gutter of uh, the NFC South. It's been a recent trend of uh, NFC, uh, NFC Super Bowl champions where they kind of sell their soul for the Super Bowl. You've seen it with the Bucks and the Rams now. You're seeing other teams sort of try to start to emulate it. Um, and you can see that that's, that's the struggle now. They, they, they achieved what they wanted. They got the result that they wanted, of course. Like any team would sell their soul for a Super Bowl, but you could, you're really seeing the the result of that now where they've had a couple of years, they bought all in for Tom Brady, and now they're going to struggle. Um, Darcy, what are your thoughts? Yeah, mate, is that echo coming back again? But uh, Falcon Saints, <laughs> I think it will be close. I reckon we will do you around 18, but I think we'll uh, undo ourselves probably a bit earlier in the season. It'll cost us that top spot. Um, and then, yeah, backing up the field will be the Panthers and, and the Bucks won't have much to be jumping up and down about. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, we're going to move on now to our historical debate, and this was one of my favourite segments. Last week we had, uh, again, two of our teammates, uh, Duffy and Cowboy, both came on and passionately debated about their teams and which team was better. It was a real hard argument. I feel for Duffy because 5-1 is an almost instant loss. Like he, he had a lot to argue against, but champion debated Cowboy absolutely took him out. I think it's a closer debate. And we're going to get straight into it. So the way this debate is going to work, we're going to have opening statement, we're going to have a first argument, and we're going to have a concluding statement. Opening statement and concluding statement are all going to, are both going to go for two minutes. And then the argument in the middle is going to be a one-minute, kind of like a rebuttal section, kind of answering uh, points that were brought up by the other person. Um, I'm going to show the time on the clock. It's going to be uninterrupted time for you to just talk about your team, why your team is the best team in the NFC South, and if you want to throw pop shots at either the other team, the rival that's on today, or any of the other teams of the NFC South, that's great too. Uh, but that's your time to use however you'd like to make your point that your team is the historically best team in your division. All clear on the rules, guys? Yep. Yep. Perfect. I'm going to get two minutes up. Darcy, you're going to kick us off today. Uh, and then, Greg, you'll uh, bring up the rear. Two minutes is on the clock. Darcy, your time starts now. Well, I think the the history is pretty clear. I mean, you can just go as simple as Super Bowls won. I know that probably hurts a little bit there, Greg. We haven't won many ourselves, but we have won more. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I, you know, we've got the era of Archie Manning, NFC's most valuable, like he was just an absolute weapon. And then we've always just had a great run of QBs. We don't have too much to jump up and down about. Yeah, that's that's true. But Drew Brees, iconic Super Bowl one, arguably one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game, always posts up the greatest stats. And I, I think that shows. Um, the Falcons, yeah, I, I don't even have too much to say about them, to be honest. Uh, they've been to two Super Bowls, but just can't seem to get the job done. Um, and then, yeah, unfortunately... I mean, we're both going to be ragging on the Bucks as much as physically possible here. Now that Tom Brady's gone, they're out. The Panthers haven't had much to jump up down about over the last few years. So, um, yeah, I think it's just through and through the Saints. It has to be. All righty. Darcy hasn't elected to use all of his time. I think he's made his point pretty clear there. <laughs> uh, 
I, I didn't. I did forget to mention you don't have to use all your time. That's just what the time you've got allotted. But we'll move on to Greg now. You've got two minutes to argue Falcons football. Ready? Go. Well, to say that the Falcons uh, are better historically than the Saints, I mean, if you put it simply down to Super Bowls, yeah, okay, uh, we've been to two. We haven't uh, haven't taken any of them home. But, I mean, you're going up against a, a John Elway, uh, Denver Broncos team, which was, you know, magnificent back in, what, 98, 99. And then, obviously, Tom Brady, as much as, you know, I dislike the man. You've got to give credit where credit's due. He is the GOAT. I was uh, the only Falcons fan at the uh, Super Bowl party I was at, and I was the only one that said at halftime, I'm pretty sure if anyone can do it, Tom Brady can. So, you know, I think we're the best team to have never won a Super Bowl. I mean, we've had some of the best teams of all time in terms of scoring-wise. Matty Ryan, um, one of the best QBs of all time. I think, you know, if he wins that Super Bowl, he's a guaranteed Hall of Famer. But I think the numbers the numbers are there. I think he's, you know... He's, he's one of the greatest QBs that we've seen, especially in this era. Um, you know, that Drew Brees era as well. You could say a lot of their stats compare quite significantly. Um, I think the problem with the Falcons uh, historically is we would have a lot more Super Bowls if we had a better defense. Um, offense has never really been the issue up until the last few seasons. Uh, always had great kickers, great running backs. You look at Michael Turner. Um, quarterbacks as well. Mike Vick, he was electric. You know, he might have not been the most accurate passer, but geez, he set defenses on fire at times. Um, and I, like, you go back to the record between the Saints and the Falcons alone. All right, we've played 108 games, including one postseason game. And, you know, funny enough, it's split right down the middle. It's uh, 54 apiece, but I think we pick you uh, in everything but Super Bowls. Very strong argument there. Right, we'll move on now to our sort of rebuttal first argument section. One minute is on the clock. You can say whatever you'd like to rebut what they've said. Darcy, your chance. Go. It's it's a hard rebut because the, the hardest bit is about this debate is I don't actually have any hatred towards the Falcons. Um, I think our rivalry is one of the strongest in the NFL, but it's like a rivalry of respect as well. Like um, it's, yeah, just great to watch them play. Um, I think you're right. You do have a lot to be excited about this year and definitely in the future. Um, but, yeah, I still just have to stick with the Saints being on top, not just on Super Bowls, but just the history, the fan base. Um, yeah, ever since 67, it's, uh, yeah, all up. All right. Greg, you've got a minute to rebut. Go. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm much in the same boat as Darcy, like as much as I – Love to hate the Saints. Um, I hate to love quite a bit about that team. Um, the only thing I will say is with uh, Sean Payton, I mean, he's a great coach, but the whole bounty gate, I think, really, really murks the water when it comes to the Saints' legacy and uh, if they're historically better or not. I mean, morally, <laughs> in my mind, it uh, kind of takes them down a few steps. Um I think you guys have been a bit hard done by in some of the playoff games you've lost recently, much like the Falcons have. I think if those games go the other way, I think out now, you know, those teams are, you know, historically better. I mean, the Falcons, if we go 2-0 and in Super Bowls, then we've got you pipped in, in most categories. But if you guys don't blow the Minnesota miracle and uh, that pass interference call, you know, maybe you guys are a bit top. But I think Falcons still number one. All right, time. Now, we're going to have final arguments now. 
now, I'm just going to, as a moderator, what I want to hear from both of you, I want to hear a bit more slander towards the other NFC South teams as well. Um, not necessarily to win the argument, but just I'd really want to hear some, uh, some smash talk on them. So if you want to roll that in, that will score you extra points in my eyes. Uh, Stars, <laughs> your two-minute final argument starts now. Go. Oh, I'm just trying to think of the uh, first person I can throw shade at. We might as well kick it off. Um, other than Tom Brady, I think we're throwing a bit at him. He, like we said, he is the GOAT, but you love to hate him. Uh, the other person I really loved to hate in the Carolina Panthers was Christian McCaffrey when he was there. I don't know why. He never really did anything wrong to annoy me, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I just didn't like the cut of his jib. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I think the Saints are just, like you said, the Sean Payton era is a bit a bit murky. Um, we won't, won't go into too much more detail, but I think uh, without that taken in a picture, I think they did earn a lot of uh, what they did. Um, you had to bring up the Minnesota. That uh, I know there's there's got to be some some point in this uh, debate that someone was going to bring up the Minnesota loss, but uh, yeah, I'm going to stick strong with my Saints. Um, yeah, I, I can't fault them. Hopefully, we can uh, build on what we've got this year. Hopefully, Derek Carr can lead us to something beautiful. Um, a lot to like on the team. I've always loved watching Taysom Hill play. I reckon he can slot in anywhere. Um, so I'm really excited to see what he brings this year too. All righty, good final argument. Greg, I'll turn to you now. Finish this debate off. Last two minutes. Ready? Go. Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna rip into the Saints a bit more. Uh, I think if they spent uh, <laughs> as much time trying not to blow uh, playoff games uh, as they did trying to take out people's knees, then uh, they'd be the superior team. I mean, you guys even got a rule changed for pass interference, even though it was clearly tipped at the line of scrimmage. I mean. Yeah, what, what team complains so much that you get a rule changed for you when it was uh, called correct on the field the whole time? Uh, yeah, I'm not even going to get into the Minnesota miracle because uh, my godfather is actually a, uh, well, he's a Dolphins fan, but his missus is a Vikings fan and I was watching it with him and I just couldn't believe how you guys just missed that. I mean, with the with the Patriots back in Super Bowl, you could see it coming. You could see that the Patriots had the momentum, but that, you guys had a slam dunk there, and uh, wow, yeah, definitely blew it. But hey, look, so did the Panthers. If uh, Cam Newton dove on that ball, different story for them. And the Bucks, I mean, they sold their soul to go get Tom Brady. I think that's just, yeah, that Super Bowl shouldn't even count. I think that's just cheating in all fairness. <laughs> oh, that that has absolutely tickled me. Um, yeah, what a what a debate. Um, you can really tell that you guys are very passionate about. Your team, I think the winner has to be Greg today. I think the way, um, as a as pure debating, he brought up a lot of points that weren't rebutted. I feel like Greg did a great job to try and rebut and push back on a lot of your points, Darcy, and then landed some blows that um, didn't quite have a rebuttal. Um, in addition, he scored a lot of points for that final argument, just abusing all the rest of the <laughs> NFC South. Really thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, well done, Greg. Um, congratulations on your... Uh, on your debate win. Thank you, thank you. And uh, honestly, I can't can't wait to uh, go against the Saints. I think it's week 11 after our buy and week 18 to uh, cap off the regular season. Hopefully, we're both in contention for it and uh, we can put a little uh, bet on to make it spicy, I think. Sounds good, in, sounds good indeed. I'd be very keen to uh, be involved in this bet in some, in some way or form. Now, we've got a mailbag this week. We've got uh, an anonymous question for each of you.
from an anonymous person. We're not going to mention who. It may or may not be me. Um, but Darcy, we're going to start with you. Which playoff loss stung the most during the 2010s? Was it the 49ers one in 2011, the Rams one, or one of the Vikings games? Heck, throw in the Seahawks uh, beast mode game as well. Which one sucked? Oh, the 49ers was tough. Like, by one, come on. Um, but, yeah, I mean, bring up the Minnesota Miracle. That's always been a, and a tough and probably a bit more relatable to my time. Like, uh, back in 2010, 2011, it was pretty early days for me. Wasn't too old then. I'm still a young blood. Um, so, yeah, that, that one that one hurt a lot to see. Um, hopefully we can just get there again. That's the that's the next challenge. Yeah, it's a shame that Breeze didn't get a second Super Bowl somewhere in there. I think he really, of anyone, he really deserved it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, as someone who is a Saints apologist, a Saints playoff fan, I guess you could call it, um, that 49ers one really sucked. Um, the Rams one was the big one, though, where I'm like, they would have won the game out and out. Like, it wasn't it wasn't anything that the, like, the Vikings, at least, it was a play that they did well to score. Mm. The Rams one was a complete blown call, dog shot, whatever you want to call it. It was not the Saints' fault. It was... It was 100% the Rams' fault. At least the Vikings one was the Saints' fault that the Vikings scored, Yeah, I guess. Um, now, Greg, Greg, we've asked <laughs> what playoff loss stung the most. So I'm going to ask you, what playoff loss? I'm just kidding. How painful was Super Bowl 51? I think, um, I think people don't really understand unless you're a through and through Falcons fan like I've endured a lot of pain since I've uh, started following them a lot of 13 and 3 12 and 4 seasons and losing the first round you know mainly to Green Bay but that Super Bowl loss I mean uh, as soon as after halftime when they started peeling it back I had this gut feeling out of everyone I just knew that they were going to come back and to lose it how they did with, you know, Freeman missing a block, uh, a holding call pushing us out of field goal range. There's so many variables there where if one changes, the game is ours. And, um, you know, I, it honestly, it was not great for my mental health um, following that game. I actually had a lot of people that, you know, thought about ripping into me but actually asked, you know, how are you going? And, you know, I pull, I pull my heart and soul into the Falcons and watching that was uh, – yeah, it was very rough, but hey, look, you live and learn. And unfortunately, Matty Ryan at this stage won't get his ring, but uh, I'm happy yeah. with where we go. I think we're on the right trajectory. I think it's a real shame. Like, I think both of your quarterbacks in the 2010s, I know Bree's got one at least, but they were both two of the greatest quarterbacks of this era. Like, uh, man, like you talk about your Mannings, you talk about your, your Brady's. I think that Breeze and Ryan are both up there in that conversation. Um, it's a real shame that, yeah, Ryan didn't get one and Breeze didn't get his second because I think both of them um, had years there where they really could have uh, done that job and got the job done. Yeah, and um, actually uh, training camp recently, Matty Ryan's been back down there. I think he's been giving in some tips to uh, to Ritter and seeing how all the guys go. So honestly, I can't wait for us to, to finally get that ring because I know one's going to be sent that way courtesy of uh, Mr. Arthur Blank, our owner. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, hopefully Matt Ryan, I don't know, gets a quarterback coach or some sort of role and and um, can still be involved when the Falcons are – sometime when the Dolphins are finished winning them, like, I don't know, maybe five, ten years <laughs> from now when, when two has got his hands full, like, we'll, we'll, we'll send one your way. Hands full of concussions, you meant? 
<laughs> His hands doing the finger thing again. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks so much for coming on, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. I know we talked to training last week and uh, we're really excited to have you guys on and have this discussion. But it's been a pleasure to learn a bit more about you guys as sports fans and uh, and to hear that debate. That debate tickled me. It was great. I uh, appreciate it. Great. Good win, mate. It was good. Thanks, Thanks for having us, Harrison. No worries at all, guys. Take care. See you at training. See you later, guys. Yeah, Thanks so much, guys, for coming on the podcast. It was an absolute pleasure to talk to you both. What an amazing episode. What amazing debate. Well done to Greg for winning that debate. Anyway, that's it for our podcast today. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate all of your listenership. If you haven't already, make sure you follow our podcast at Road Trip Sports Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Any inquiries you've got, if you'd like to get in touch with the podcast, if you'd like to get on the podcast yourself, make sure to reach out to us, Road Trip Sports Podcast at gmail.com. This episode has been sponsored by Major Sports Collectibles Australia, your one-stop shop for sports memorabilia at major sports collectibles and make sure to let us know if you want to get on civil war if you want to defend your team's honor make sure to reach out to us at road trip sports pod on the socials or road trip sports podcast at gmail.com we hope your team wins this week unless they are playing one of ours or the mighty frio dockers and we will see you next time catch you guys